right. All right, it's good to see you all tonight. Uh, my name is John Michael, and I serve at this church, New Philadelphia Itaewon. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, it's my privilege tonight to share a word uh, for Korea. And uh, it's a word that's going to be uh, kind of revealing a lot of the spirits that underlie what Pastor Aaron led prayer for tonight. And it's going to reveal a lot of different things uh, in this nation. And so I want to encourage you guys to take notes uh, and to really receive this and to apply it in your prayers on behalf of Korea. Uh, the title of the message is Prostitution, Witchcraft, and Korea's Parents. Yay. Prostitution, witchcraft, and Korea's parents. All right, so before I begin, uh, let me say a prayer for us. Heavenly Father, we exalt you, God, and uh, we just thank you, Lord, for your spirit that rests in this place, God. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for just the, the aroma of heaven that is in this place, God. We thank you, Lord, that you live within us, God. Your spirit lives within us, and we just exalt you, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. We praise you, Lord, for your presence. And God, we just declare, Lord, you opening heaven over this place. We declare, Lord God, your worship is in this place. You are enthroned in this place. And God, right now, I just bind every spirit of distraction. I bind every spirit that may try and come against this meeting. I just declare, Lord God, that you are a wall of fire around this place. And you are the glory within God. And you are releasing, Lord God, a word for your people. And Lord, let it go forth, Lord God, not just to this place, but to the community, to this nation. May this nation be blessed. May this nation be free. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I want to begin this message by briefly teaching about witchcraft. Okay, so what exactly is witchcraft? Some of the notes I'm, I'm going to share is from a message that Pastor Christian preached on witchcraft in 2009. So if you want to learn more, uh, the message title was Make War. A spirit of witchcraft. It was uh, taught in 2009. You can find it on iTunes, New Philadelphia Church, 2009. Okay, witchcraft. Here's one definition of it. It's exercising control through demonic means. Exercising control through demonic means. We we'll encourage you guys to take notes tonight. Okay, so for literal witches or voodoo doc doctors or, or things like that, that's through charms. It's through spells. You guys have seen the little voodoo dolls, right? Where they poke needles in. They do different things, okay? That is witchcraft. That is sorcery, okay? And it's bare bones. But it goes beyond just the occultic stuff. What witchcraft also is, is it's intimidation, domination, and manipulation. Intimidation, domination, and manipulation. You see, intimidation uses fear and punishment to scare people in doing their way. Okay, it's a form of control that's illegitimate. It's using fear and punishment to scare people in doing their way. Domination uses threats to control or it simply seizes control. It's illegitimate. Domination. Manipulation uses guilt and tricks to take control. Okay, that's once again illegitimate. Manipulation uses guilt and tricks to take control. Witchcraft is all about control, control, Control. When you use illegitimate means to impose your will on others, you are dabbling in witchcraft. Okay? When you use illegitimate means to impose your will on others, you are dabbling in witchcraft. 
All right, so parents, policemen, teachers, other people of authority, they have authority to exercise control. And they use legitimate means through rules, disciplines, grades, rewards, things like that. But where there's illegitimate rule or rebellion, there's almost always witchcraft. And even for parents or other people with authority, legitimate authority, when their means of control are demonic, such as intimidation, manipulation, domination, they too are dabbling in witchcraft. So you can have legitimate authority, but if you're using illegitimate means to exercise that authority, you're using witchcraft. I'm going to share with you guys a lot of examples uh, tonight. So in this message, I'm going to take you guys on kind of a semicircle. Uh, I call it the dark rainbow. Okay, and I'm going to start with prostitution at this one end, okay, at the bottom. And I'm going to show you basic witchcraft that's happening in prostitution. And then I'm going to show you this stronger spirit of witchcraft that is hovering over the small spirits of witchcraft and prostitution. Okay, there is a greater demon that is over these things. And I'm going to show how this is connected to the same spirit of witchcraft that is over this nation. Okay, over the forefathers over the fathers of this nation, which then goes down to our parents, okay, Korea's parents. And I'm not saying that every Korean parent, okay, has this spirit. What I'm saying is this is a spirit that is largely over this nation. Okay, I'm going to share this tonight. So I need you guys to pay attention. It's going to be a lot of stories, a lot of explanations, and I hope that this, guy, this will really open your eyes to what's going on. So I'm going to first begin with this side of the dark rainbow, okay, prostitution. I've led uh, prayer topics here at Joint Prayer many times on prostitution here in Korea. You guys know that it is a major stronghold of Korea, not just South Korea, but North Korea as well. If you go around Seoul, I think many of you guys are aware. If you see the double uh, barbershop poles, if you see two of them outside a massage parlor or outside a barbershop or, or a cafe, that means there's prostitution there. Okay, You can go in and um, find prostitution happening in that place. It's everywhere. You will find those double barbershop poles everywhere. Okay, and, and just because they're not there doesn't mean the prostitution is happening. If you go up to Itaewon, all around the back alleys, prostitution is happening throughout Itaewon. It's to the point that there was a survey done um, some years ago that uh, surveyed different cafes, uh, clubs, and bars, and they asked about sex workers. And they found that between women aged 20 to 34, at least 1 in 25 are in the sex industry. One in 25 are working in these clubs, bars, uh, massage parlors as sex workers. But these surveys didn't even show the call girls and all these other um, hidden places of prostitution. So many other groups, associations, indicate that the number is more between one in 13 to even one in six for women in the industry. That's women between 20 and 34. One in 13, one in six, somewhere in that range. Okay, for women, they're working in the sex industry. That's pretty wild okay, when you think about it, for this nation. All right, and there's a spirit that is over Korea. Okay, Korea, for the South, it's a good economy. But there is a spirit that is causing these women to go into this industry. And I'm here tonight to present that this spirit is the spirit of witchcraft. I want you guys to open your Bibles. 2 Kings 9.22. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings 9.22. In this chapter, Jehu has been anointed king over Israel. He's been commissioned to kill the current king along with the queen mother Jezebel, uh, who's been putting uh, all sorts of evil in the land. So he speaks 
to the man he's about to kill. 2 Kings 9, 22. I'm reading the ESV, English Standard Version. It says, when Joram saw Jehu, he said, is it peace, Jehu? He answered, what peace can there be as long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many? Okay, I want to focus on two words in that verse, whorings and sorceries, ESV. Okay, it's pretty, it's pretty vivid. The whorings and sorceries. The word for whoring in Hebrew is zanun. Okay, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that fully right, but it's zanun. And throughout the Bible, it appears many times, and it basically means prostitute. Prostitution. Okay, it's the same word used for Hosea's wife. It's the same word when Judah's daughter becomes a prostitute. Zanun. The root word for charms and sorceries in Hebrew is keshef. Keshef, which throughout the Bible means witchcraft. Witchcraft. So you see right here that prostitution and witchcraft, there's a connection. Okay, now I want you to turn your Bibles to Nahum chapter 3. Nahum. It's in the Minor Prophets. Okay, some of you guys might have to search for it. Okay. It's after Daniel and then keep going. Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Please turn your Bibles to Nahum chapter 3. It's important you guys read this. Nahum chapter 3. What is Nahum about? It's about judgment upon Assyria, which is an empire that had enslaved Israel. Just as Jezebel had enslaved Israel, now Assyria has enslaved Israel. This is judgment upon the nation. Why is there judgment upon the nation? It's, it's plainly stated here in verse 4. Nahum chapter 3, verse 4. In the ESV, it says... And all for the countless whorings of the prostitute, graceful and of deadly charms, who betrays nations with her whorings and peoples with her charms. Okay, I'm going to read it in the NIV. Uh, it's, it's a very good translation. It says this, All because of the wanton lust of a prostitute, alluring the mistress of sorceries, who enslaved nations by her prostitution and peoples by her witchcraft. Enslaved nations by her prostitution and peoples by her witchcraft. The Hebrew is identical, identical to 2 Kings 9.22. Okay, the words for whorings and charms and sorceries, they are identical. Prostitution and witchcraft. Who enslaved nations by her prostitution, peoples by her witchcraft. So this was something that I was studying a few months ago, right before a not-for-sale conference hosted by Backyard Academy and uh, Onlody Church, and it was on human trafficking, this conference. And so when I was reading these two different verses, and I was seeing this connection, something just rose up in my spirit that this connection is a lot stronger than most people know or are aware of. Uh, to be honest, witchcraft isn't taught in the church very much. Prostitution, okay, people are starting, their eyes are being opened to. But witchcraft has largely been ignored. And so I went to this conference. When I went to this conference, I expected, okay, God, you're going to reveal some connections here. And uh, so when I went uh, right away, I mean, right away during, during the different seminars and things that were being taught, I was seeing witchcraft all over the place. Remember, it's illegitimate control, using illegitimate means to enforce control. Intimidation, domination, manipulation. It was all over the place for human trafficking, especially sex trafficking. All right, so I'm going to share some of the ways that pimps exercise control upon prostitutes. And I need you guys to pay attention to this. I apologize, it's a little rough, but pay attention. What pimps will do right away is tell the girls, okay, who join their little group, they must call them daddy, okay? The prostitute must call the pimp daddy. 
This is where you get the saying, who's your daddy? Okay? It's pretty gross when you think about it. They cause, they force the girl to constantly call them daddy in order to twist their mind into believing that they are in a loving family. Because you know what? A lot of these girls who go into prostitution, they're seeking affirmation. Okay? They're seeking some sort of love. And so when they're told, oh, I'm your daddy, okay, there's a twisted view of love that happens there. And then what the pimps will do is that they will have their friends come and they will gang rape the prostitute. They will not just do this for initiation. They will continue to do this throughout when the prostitute works there. And what the pimp will do is he will tell the prostitute, if you really love me, okay, if you're really my daughter, you will please me and you will please my friends. Okay? They need this. Okay, so if you really love me, do you notice this manipulation that's happening? Call me daddy. Okay, now let me rape you. Okay, if you will not let me rape you, you don't love me. It's your fault. Then what the pimps will do is that they will act nice at times. Okay, and so trying these girls are in a broken place. They're filled with fear. Okay, they've just been overwhelmed with all these things. And suddenly this one person, out of all the people that they know, because all these other pimps are evil to them, their one pimp is acting nice to them. And then what the pimp will do is suddenly lash out at them and anger and beat them and do different things to them. And what the pimp is doing is enforcing more and more fear into them that they have to act perfect, okay, or else they will not be loved. You understand what's going on here? They have to act perfect in order to get that love that they so crave. But it's not real love at all. It's all intimidation, domination, manipulation. This is how it works. The pimps will also isolate the girls from all other perspectives so the girls will be brainwashed into believing everything that the pimps say. And when time passes, they start to really believe it. He's, he's my daddy. He cares for me. He protects me. Okay, when a customer's bad, he protects me. Okay, he's nice to me sometimes. He's nice to me. Okay, I care about him. And it gets to the point that these girls are so controlled by fear Survival and shame. And let me explain those. Fear comes from the pimps, from, from the pimps' threats that causes them to have no hope. Okay? There's a fear that they think, I can't escape. These pimps have threatened that if I escape, they're going to they're gonna kill my family. They're going to do all these things. I can't escape. I have to stay here. They're also controlled by, by a need for survival and this feeling that, that they're emotionally dependent on the pimps and they can't find love anywhere else. Only their pimp will give them love. And they're controlled by shame in which the girls blame themselves and they feel guilty for any poor decisions. Because if they make any mistake, whether it is a real mistake or not, the pimp will just give them heck. Okay, we'll just abuse them and say they're stupid. What have you done? Look at yourself. You're dirty. You're rotten. No one loves you. Okay, he'll say those things. And they'll just get so brainwashed and broken that they're just stuck. They can't escape. Those chains of witchcraft have wrapped them up. And it's so bad to the point where at the Not For Sale conference... All these people were sharing about how they do these rescue centers, how they do these things. But there was a disappointed tone, a sad tone in their voice. Because they shared that so many of these girls, uh, will, they'll rescue and they'll go right back to the pimps. Okay, they'll pull them out. Okay, police will even raid the, the different places where these girls have been imprisoned. Okay, they didn't even go there voluntarily. Okay, they were sex trafficked in. But because these girls are so brainwashed, and so overcome by that spirit of control, that's the brainwashing spirit, that spirit of control, that they say, no, he loves me. No, no, this is my family. I have to stay here. It's to the point where uh, one of our sisters, she serves at, at a rescue shelter, and uh, the girl is about to testify. She was enslaved in a prostitution shelter, a Filipino girl here in Korea. She's going to uh, prophesy. She's going to testify in court 
okay, against her former pimp. But there's going to be four other girls that are going to testify against her testimony. Okay? And they're going to say, no, this pimp's good. This guy's all right. Why? Because they're controlled by that witchcraft. So you see this spirit of witchcraft that's over prostitution? You see this manipulation, domination, intimidation that's controlling these girls? Uh, all these rescue centers say, rescue without restoration is incomplete. I encourage you guys to write that down. Rescue without restoration is incomplete. Because they've been calling their pimps daddy for so long, they can't see the chains that have enslaved them. Their vision is too clouded by the witchcraft. All they can see is the things that their pimp wants. That's all they know. Because they know if they do all the things their pimp wants, maybe he'll say something sweet or say something nice and they'll feel loved. At least for a moment. Okay? Their vision is clouded by witchcraft. And as I, as I shared, uh, what shocks these rescue centers is that the more girls they, they rescue, the more girls return. They just go right back into it. They're controlled by this witchcraft. So, I mean, I'm hearing these things and, and it's like, okay, I'm seeing the lines connect. But I really feel that there's something deeper here. I really feel that we're just hitting the surface level for this witchcraft. And I would talk to different people at the conference, many people who had done prayer walks, uh, who had, you know, worked in red light districts in different areas and, and praying and witnessing. And they shared, as, as I shared these things with them, they said, you know what? We always see fortune tellers all around, you know, the, these areas. We always see tarot card readers and, and different people like that, people of the occult, okay, doing sorcery uh, all around these different red light districts. And I was like, okay, you know, I expected that as well. But again, I feel there's something deeper. And it was at the last seminar at the conference, uh, it was basically a Q&A session, where they found a lady who worked in a rescue center in Irsan, where the conference was being held, and they invited her. And she was a Korean lady. She had been serving there for some time, rescuing girls from a red light district in Irsan. And uh, she sat down, and, and she was just very, very plain and clear in, in what she was speaking. And um, they just asked for some of the stories. You know, what are your interactions with the girls, and do you get any threats? And she shared, yes. Ever since I opened the rescue center, uh, the pimps have constantly come by, come by and thrown rocks, you know, through the windows and threatened us and done all these things. And uh, she shared, though, that then one day they came to the rescue center and they found a dead bird uh, in front of the door. And they just thought it was coincidence. The bird had just died, you know, in front of their door. And they got rid of it and uh, they went inside. And then over the next few weeks, weird things started to happen. Uh, they started to have nosebleeds, blood, blood coming out of their ears, blood coming out of the private areas, other areas, um, other illnesses, symptoms. Uh, it was getting severe. And they didn't know what was going on. Well, then, uh, after a few weeks, they come and they find a dead cat at the doorway. And uh, they're like, okay, something's up. And uh, this lady, you know, obviously wasn't aware of, of these things so much. And so she didn't know what to do. So she went to the local shaman. And uh, she asked him, do you know anything that's going on? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, they, they came by and hired me to curse you guys. If you guys want, uh, you can hire me and I'll curse them back. And, uh, you know, he was pretty happy. And she, in her honesty, said they considered. But they said no. And uh, they went back to the rescue center. And they weren't sure what to do, but they knew they needed to pray. Because after they found that cat, the symptoms started to get worse. People were getting hospitalized uh, that were working in this rescue center. So they began to pray. And uh, they would pray, and the symptoms started to alleviate, but they would still feel the attacks 
coming against them. And they had to continue to pray. And I remember she just ended that little sharing time by saying, uh, we know that every day we have to pray in order to live. It's very clear. She said, we know that in order to live, we have to pray every day. And I remember everybody was just like, huh. But I was like, yeah. You know, it's very true. Because you're dealing with a lot darker spirit than a lot of people think. A lot of people think, oh, it's just prostitution. Got to rescue these girls. All right, and that's good. But if you don't know the spiritual root and the bondage, you might pull them out of that situation, but their chains are still on them. You might not see those chains, but those chains are strong. Okay, and you're not just dealing with those chains, but you're also dealing with those spirits that are over them. Those spirits aren't happy. Okay, you have to know how to attack these spirits of witchcraft. So what have we learned from the prostitution industry? All right, this half of the dark rainbow. We've learned that these women have been intimidated, dominated, and manipulated into believing that they live in the only family that will accept them. That is the lie that they have learned. They are in the only family that will accept them. They are also under the lie that only the pimp, their pimp, knows what's good for them. They are living under that lie. That their pimp is the only one who knows what's good for them. Not them, not anyone else. Their pimp, their daddy. Okay, and unless these women are healed and delivered of the witchcraft they are most likely to return to the work. You guys get this? Correlations will be clear. All right, so now we're at the top of the dark rainbow. You guys have seen the spirit of witchcraft is over prostitution. Prostitution enslaves nations. Witchcraft enslaves peoples. Okay? All right, think about Korea, enslaving Korea. Witchcraft. You've seen it at the surface level, at the bottom of the rainbow, okay? All right, and then you've also seen it up high in the spiritual realm. Okay, a larger spirit that is over all this through the fortune tellers, okay, through these shamans, through all these different people who work in the occult. Spirit of witchcraft to control these women, to control this nation. Now let's look at our forefathers. North Korea is very easy to see the correlations. Okay, and, and even before North Korea, all right, let me even speak before that. If you study the history of Korea, and uh, I didn't have enough time to go all the way back to the past leaders of Korea, but what I do know for Korea is that Korea has been invaded numerous times. And when these other nations, like China and like Japan, have come in, they have enforced their will upon Korea. They have raped and beaten the women, okay, they have enslaved the men, they have forced their cultures, their religion, all these things upon the Koreans. Okay, that forcing... Okay, that illegitimate means of control is witchcraft. And they've been pushing it on Korea okay, for hundreds of years. This is the history of Korea. So after the Korean War, when you had North Korea set up and South Korea set up, already the leadership and the nation was dealing with that spirit. And so when you look at Kim Il-sung, he became the leader of North Korea after World War II. And he set it up that he is the father of the nation. He forced the people essentially to call him Daddy. He set up teaching in the schools of made-up stories used to brainwash the people into believing that he is a deity, okay, that he is good, he is kind. And, but for those that showed any rebellion, they were severely punished and even put into prison camps or executed. You guys see the connections between the pimps okay, and Kim Il-sung, the nation of North Korea. Call me father, read these stories of how great and amazing and loving I am, but if you cross me in any way, I will severely punish you, and not just you, but your entire family. It's a spirit of witchcraft. Okay, it lies all over North Korea. It's enslaved North Koreans so much to the point that now, after his death, almost 20 years after his death, they're starting to become aware of the lies in the nation. Okay, they're starting to see the poverty. Okay, they have very, barely any love whatsoever 
for Kim Jong-un, okay, the, the next heir to the throne. For Kim Jong-il, they've been taught some things, okay, but now they're, they're starting, their eyes are being open, okay, this guy is corrupt, all right, and there is starting to be rebellion in North Korea. But even among the refugees, even among Christian refugees, okay, that haven't been fully healed and delivered, if you ask them about Kim Il-sung, or you just ask them to sing a song, they'll smile and start singing songs of worship to Kim Il-sung. They're a loving daddy. They're a loving daddy. Okay, you just look on the internet. Look up any, any video on North Korean refugees in China, and you'll see these things. I've shown them in prayer meetings before. Okay, beggar boys in North, North China trying to get food, and they'll say, sing me a song, North Korea. And they'll start singing songs about Abuji, Abuji, my daddy, my daddy. Those chains of witchcraft are still upon them. Okay, they might have been taken out of the place in the physical, but in the spiritual, it's still on them. What we need to understand is that when North Korea opens up, there's a strong spirit of witchcraft that we have to deal with. We're already dealing with it now through these prayer meetings, but we're going to continue to have to deal with. And a lot of groups with good intentions are going to go into North Korea, try and serve those people. Okay, but just like so many of these rescue centers that aren't aware of the spiritual, they're going to be dumbfounded when they feed and clothe and shelter these people, and yet these people turn on them. Okay, because of the spirit of witchcraft. Rescue without restoration is not complete. It's incomplete. All right, so now let's look at the forefathers of South Korea. We're going to do some history right here. All right, I did some research. All right, we're looking right after World War II. I think you guys might know the first president of South Korea was Lee Sung-man, President Rhee. He's the first president of Korea. He led the nation from 1948 to 1960. His government tightly controlled Korea, so much to the point that he used the police force to dominate the people, and there were massacres of between 100,000 and 200,000 citizens killed, okay, as he led South Korea. Opposing leaders who tried to run against him or protest against him were mysteriously killed or mysteriously died. It was so much to the point where the nation finally protested against him and exiled him to Hawaii, uh, where he died later. He was a clear example of using illegitimate control, and he was exiled for his actions. That's the first president. After President Rhee was exiled, a couple leaders took control for about two years, okay, and then there was a coup, and the military general took over. His name was Park Chung-hee, okay? President Park was a military general who seized control by himself. He led the nation for nearly 18 years as a dictator. He led the nation into economic reform. He did some good things, but he also restricted freedom of speech and freedom of press, and he has a long history of abusing human rights. He was assassinated in 1979. Okay? That was your second big leader of the nation. Freedom of speech, press, human rights, he was assassinated. Che Kyu-ha became the next president, but just like those couple presidents in between, he was also quickly overthrown by a military coup, and President Chun, Chun Du-hwan, okay, used the military to take control of the government. Once again, we had a military government. He used martial law to crush all dissent. He became another military dictator. After his presidency, he was accused of many different offenses, including murder of superior officers, murder of subordinate troops, and being involved in the Kwangju Massacre, where soldiers killed many people who were protesting against the government. The military said it was about 144 citizens that were massacred, but foreign press say it was between 1,000 and 2,000 citizens. It was the Kwangju Massacre, 1979. I think some of you guys are familiar with it. President Chun was later imprisoned and sentenced to death for his actions. A future president eventually pardoned him from the death penalty. No Tae-woo, who followed President Chun, was also accused of mutiny and treasons and connections with the Kwangju massacre. 
he was sentenced to 17 years in prison, but he was also later pardoned by future president. Okay, those are your leaders from 1948 to 1993. Of all these leaders, they were either overthrown, exiled, assassinated, imprisoned, or sentenced to death. Think about that. First 45 years of South Korea, you had leaders who were either overthrown, exiled, assassinated, imprisoned, or sentenced to death. That was your leadership. They were exercising illegitimate means to control the nation. There's a spirit of witchcraft that they were permitting in this nation. And it was so strong that when it, finally the, the, the new presidents okay, that came in the 90s and today, they have been fighting corruption. Okay, they've been fighting against these things. But the people, because they have been so hurt, okay, when they protest in the past from all this witchcraft and all this domination and been massacred, there is a distrust and a rebellion against the government that covers this nation. And you know what? In 1 Samuel 15, 23, it says, Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. 1 Samuel 15, 23. What you have now is the people of Korea constantly rebelling against their leaders. So much to the point that even these presidents who led amazing anti-corruption campaigns were accused of corruption by the people. Some of those things were never found out, but those accusations were so strong that you guys know one of the recent presidents committed suicide. That's quite a history of your Korean presidents. All right, so I really believe at the top of this rainbow, you got Kim Il-sung, who takes the northern half of Korea. He allows strong witchcraft into the nation. He's used it to dominate all the people. And what you got to understand is what the father allows in the house, it affects the children, and it affects the nation. And for the first 45 years of this nation, okay, the forefathers of South Korea after uh, World War II, okay, they were also using witchcraft over this nation, dominating, intimidating, manipulating to rule this land. And through that, they were opening doors through Korea. So now let's lie down from that top to the family. Okay, and, and uh, what Pastor Aaron was sharing tonight was about Korean culture, Korean culture. So much of what she was sharing, okay, there was just traces of witchcraft all over those things. I'll explain. Korean culture, most people will say, okay, it was heavily influenced by Confucius. Okay, almost everyone would agree with that. China, um, Korea, these different nations here in Asia, heavily influenced by Confucius. And Confucius loved filial piety, respect for elders. Okay, but it was more than just respect for elders. It was more like blind loyalty. Okay, and I'm going to share uh, some of these quotes of Confucius. And these are quotes that have influenced this nation. All right, these are from Teachings of Confucius. It says, Ming Shu asked about the treatment of parents. The master said, never disobey. In what sense do you mean it? The master said, while they are alive, serve them according to ritual. When they die, bury them according to ritual and sacrifice to them according to ritual. Ritual implies obedience and dutiful practices. Confucius was all about ancestor worship. Another quote, behave in such a way that your father and mother have no anxiety about you, except concerning your health. In serving his father and mother, a man may gently disagree with them, but if he sees that he has failed to change their opinion, he should resume an attitude of deference, of giving in, and he shall not thwart or stop them. He may feel discouraged, but not resentful. Of all the species in the world, humans are the most precious. Of all human conduct, nothing is greater than chow. Okay, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Chow, filial piety. In chow, nothing is greater than revering the father. 
In revering the Father, nothing is greater than associating him with heaven. Sources state Confucius' teachings on Zhao were more than just blind loyalty to parents, but it extended to elders, ancestors, and governmental leaders. I just read sources from his books. Okay? I'll say that again. Confucius' teachings on Zhao were more than just blind loyalty to parents, but extended to elders, ancestors, governmental leaders. Can you see how Kim Il-sung exercises control as the father of the nation? You will respect the father. You will show blind loyalty to the father. Even when you disagree, you will surrender. You will obey the father. In a perfect world, that's what sonship is about. Okay? In a perfect world, this is good. Just like in a perfect world, communism is, is okay. Okay? In a perfect world, okay? But not in our fallen world. Not when people, okay, are being led by spirits that are not of God. Confucius was not a Christian. A lot of what he spoke might have sounded good, but a lot of it was doctrine of demons. He was the one who encouraged ancestor worship. And that's the same ancestor worship that is still plaguing this nation today. Okay, so he teaches these things, and this is what has been given in to Korean culture. It's just embedded in it. You might not see it directly taught in schools, perhaps not, but it's something that has just been given into the parents of Korea, that we are always to show blind loyalty to our parents. What mom and dad says, we will follow. We may disagree, but we belong to them. We will honor them all the days that they are alive, and when they die, we will bury them, and we will bow to them. Okay, And we will continue to worship them and revere them, as a good son should do. So we come to Korean parents. Okay, and now I want to make it clear, I'm not here to say that this is for every Korean parent. Okay, I'm not to say this is for every parent here in Korea. But I'm here to say that it is for a spirit that is attacking the parents of Korea. And I'm I'm not just talking about your parents, but it's going to attack you guys as well. Okay, because you are in this nation. You might have noticed when you came to Korea, certain spirits started to affect you. Maybe you started to feel busy, busy. Okay, maybe lust started to get upon you. Okay, maybe shame or judging other people or your appearance. Okay, those things got upon you because these are spirits that are over this nation. All right, you got to understand that. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Okay, it's in the spiritual realm. Our battle is not with our parents. Our battle is not with these presidents. It's not with Kim Il-sung. It's not with these pimps. Okay, it's with the spirits that are dominating them. It's with the spirits that are influencing them. It's with the spirits that are influencing this nation. Okay, you can deal with it in the physical, but just like trying to deal with it in the physical with a prostitute, if the chains are broken off in the spiritual, they're just going to fall right back into it. Okay, we can pray, we can counsel people. Okay, we can try and work with our parents face to face or with people who are, who are struggling face to face. But if we're not dealing with it within the spiritual realm, it's just going to continue on and on and on. There must be healing and deliverance. So, uh, spirit of witchcraft, I think, is so prevalent that a lot of people just kind of laugh about it with their parents. It's just known here in Korea that parents can get a little crazy sometimes if they don't have control. Uh, It's just accepted. Watch any Korean drama. In fact, I'm going to show a clip. Okay, yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's relax for a moment. Please do not ogle Hyunbin. All right. This is a clip from... Secret Garden. Now, keep in mind, which guy, I could choose any drama, okay? I just went with the most popular one, most recent one. All right, uh, all right please, come on, settle down, ladies. Uh, we're dealing with intimidation, domination, 
manipulation. Okay? This is demonic. Watch and see. Kimjuan,正马确实我是吗？我妈都落三十三年살았으니，이제남은생은그여자남편으로살겠습니다。인정안하실거니까그냥通보할게요。누구만대로，누구만대로，그게집에가그러지？둘이어디도망가서결혼
Okay, and they won't let their children go any other way. They see the right way, and they try and force that on the children at a young age. So what happens with the children of Korea when they're young, their mom just whispers sweetly, you should be a doctor when you grow up. Okay, just little tiny things like that, and it seems harmless. But you know, the spirit of witchcraft is revealed whenever that child tries to deviate from the parent's plan. You know, I think I'm going to go into business. No, you will not. Your father told you that you will do this. Okay, you will be a doctor. We've, we've spent all this money. We've worked so hard. Okay, using all this manipulation, all this guilt, all these different things. Domination. I'm your father. You obey me. All these different things to control the child. This happens with children. And what happens is that the children can only see through their parents' eyes. Okay, like she said, I know what's best for you. You will not marry this woman. Okay, I know what's best. And it's just like, I hate to say it, it's just like these prostitutes with their pimps. Where the pimps say, I know what's right. I'm the only one who knows what's right. And they're only able to see through the vision of their pimp. And they live to get the approval of their pimp. And so many children here in Korea, I hate to make the correlation, but guys, I have to. They're trying to get the approval of their parents just like prostitutes are trying to get the approval of their pimps. They can only see through that vision. They're controlled by that spirit of witchcraft. And you know what that does? It squeezes out the dreams of the children. It squeezes out creativity of this nation. Look at Korea in the business, in art, in music, in all these areas. There's very little originality. Very good at taking from other nations and making it a bit better, okay? But very little originality. In fact, I remember meeting a Yale professor during 1038. I met him in a bar and we're talking and and, uh, he does drama. He's taking a furlough, teaching drama at a university here in Korea. And he says he's just dumbfounded how there is not one new idea among the children that he teaches. He says they're brilliant. He says these kids are so much better than his students at Yale. And yet these kids, whenever he says, what do you guys think we should do? They're silent. And when they finally say something, it's always something that has always been done. Because they know they're safe. Because they know they have to please. Okay, and that witchcraft is not just for the parents, but it's for the elders. It's for the leaders. Okay, they will not go outside that line. They will not risk punishment. They will not risk those beatings. There is that fear. I'm just going to stay within those lines. I'm going to live under that shame. And it's to the point where you can visit the homeless here in Korea. And you'll find educated people. Talented people at Soyok, okay? These are not mentally impaired people. Some of these people had businesses. They were successful people. But when that business collapsed because of the financial crisis or, or other reasons, they never returned to their family because they could not face that shame. They could not face the thought of, of hurting their parents because their parents have put so much pressure and control over their lives that they must succeed. They must do well. You guys seeing how the spirit is controlling this nation? How it's breaking this nation? It's bigger. It's, it's overlying all the shame. It's overlying all these other spirits in this nation. It is witchcraft. It is control. And it's something that's just embedded. And like I said, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not with our parents. Our battle is not with you know, these different people. Our battle is with these spirits influencing them. Now, how, do you, how do you make a clean cut from this? Uh, I'll, I'll use the drama. Okay. All right. In the natural. This is in the natural. You've got to deal with it in the natural and in the spiritual. Okay, first of all, in the spiritual, you've got to be warring against the spirit. You've got to be breaking it off, and you've got to be speaking protection over yourself. And you better not be doing it alone. Okay, you need fellowship. And to pray for it for the nation, it's why we have prayer meetings like this. We come together as one. Okay, five of you will chase 100. 100 of you will chase 10,000. The more of you together, the more power there is, the more that we can break these spirits off of this nation and off of the parents. 
okay, that are under the, these things and trying to control their children. Because what you've got to understand is that when she was yelling those things at her kid, it wasn't just natural uh, witchcraft. It was through demons, okay? It was through these de- demonic thoughts. Okay, I've I got to do more than just my legitimate means for control. I go illegitimate. I've got to use sorcery. I've got to use witchcraft. And when they do that, they're allowing Satan to work through them and influence their children. And I had to tell you that there is a spiritual authority for parents with their children that is given by God. Okay, and they, they can use it however they want. And so for children where witchcraft is being upon them, you have to be extra strong. For the children of Korea, they need us to intercede for them. For you guys, if it's happening to you guys, all right, you can fight it, but you need your brothers and sisters as well to come in agreement. So that's in the spiritual. You've got to repent on behalf of the sins of your forefathers. You've got to bind that spirit, cast it off. You've got to disallow it from having inf- any influence over your parents over this nation. And in the natural... He handled it very well. He made his decisions. He was clear in his mind. Okay, he had support. And when he went in, he spoke it very plainly. And when she started to, at first she was just like, no, no. But when she started, that witchcraft started to rise up. You saw that. Kujima, you know, you don't even dream about it. I will not let you. Okay, when he saw that start to rise up within her, he's like, I'm going to leave now. I'm done. Okay, he wasn't going to speak to that demon. He speak to his mom. He's not going to speak to that demon. And when he knew that that demon was just overrunning her, he just went ahead with everything that he knew he was being led to do. Then he presented to his mom on her deathbed. Okay, and in the scene, she's like, I, I lost. She first reacts in anger, and then she's like, I lost. And she cut ties with him. Okay, and then what happens is that years later, of course, they reconcile. And he says, you know, like typical Korean, just give it a few years, you know. And it's all right. You know, time heals old wounds. And there's, there's a little bit of truth in that, but still, you've got to deal with that spirit. You need to see the healing of your parents. You need to see the healing of this nation. <sighs> Prostitution enslaves the nations. Witchcraft enslaves peoples. It enslaves Korea. Okay? And that spirit of witchcraft uses prostitution to enslave the nation. I said 1 in 13 to 1 in 6 for young girls. That's just the girls. Now think about all the guys that are attending. Okay, they're going. They're getting caught up in those ties. Then all the girls who aren't doing it, who are seeing these guys get satisfied through those means and now feel that they're inadequate. You see what's happening to this nation? Okay, how the plastic surgery and all this materialism, all these things are overwhelming this nation? Witchcraft, prostitution. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead this in time of prayer right now.